0: Well, it's been a good week for America, hasn't it? I mean, even if you don't care about baseball, the Cubs winning the World Series was good for America. It was a positive thing. Unless you're a die-hard Indians fan. But even then, the Cubs 108-year wait to win the World Series can be appreciated by everyone, I think. That was last week. Now we got this week. And the election. I bet more people will be glued to the TV this Tuesday night than were during the World Series, don't you think? Uh, there's more at stake. There's a lot more at stake. It was interesting while watching the World Series when the network would go to commercials. You know, they were mostly the campaign ads, right? As you, you know, the same ones you've been watching for weeks now. The ones where the makers of these ads try and play on your fears and your anger and your anxiety, I mean, for me, it was a kind of uh, schizophrenia almost, Uh, watching the ball game, going from thoroughly enjoying myself one minute to utter contempt the next minute when these commercials would come on. You know, back and forth, back and forth for three hours, for seven nights. I can't recall an election in my lifetime when I started paying attention to them anyways. That would probably be Ford Carter. (laughs) I can't remember an election where fear was the number one tool used by both sides to get a vote. And I mean fear like, the whole country's gonna collapse unless you vote for me, kind of fear. Well, I'm not afeard of anything because I know my Savior lives and reigns, and I trust and hope that you do too. Even if things were to collapse, remember this Christians have had it much worse. Living in societies with governments corrupt beyond anything we can imagine. I like to remember Cyprian's letter to his friend Donatus at times like these. Cyprian was a priest in North Africa about 200 years after Jesus ascended into heaven. And about that time, the Roman Empire had control of North Africa, but it was, a, it was kind of a backwater, you know, it was an outpost area, and it was lawless and brutal. And Cyprian was trying to be a pastor to his people through all of it. And he he would write letters to his friends to comfort them in those times. And this one goes like this. This seems a cheerful world, Donatus, when I view it from this fair garden under the shadow of these vines. But if I climbed some great mountain and looked over the wide lands, you know very well what I would see. Bandits on the high road, pirates on the seas. In the amphitheaters, men murdered to please the applauding crowds. Under all roofs, misery and selfishness. It is a really bad world, Donatus, an incredibly bad world. Yet in the midst of it, I have found a quiet and holy people. They have discovered a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasures of this sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They have overcome the world. These people, Donatists, are the Christians, and I am one of them. It sounds as if Cyprian's saying, Don't worry, be happy. And he might well be, but not in the way that we might think of that today. For example, I want you all to be happy. Some of you might think I mean that I want you to have a cheerful attitude, a happy mood or feeling this day or moment. But what I really want for you is happiness beyond the sense of feeling to something more permanent like blessedness. So don't worry. Be blessed. Blessed will get you a lot farther in these times than happiness. And this is what we're looking for. This is what we all need more of, isn't it? The crowds were always following Jesus around, looking for something from Him. They came from everywhere. They weren't just the locals. Greeks came from Greece, Asians came from Asia, Spaniards came from Spain. I mean, they were all filled with curiosity and expectation. And the neat thing is Jesus always takes expectations and transforms them into something way more meaningful than they could ever have realized. The Sermon on the Mount is a classic example. Jesus goes up a mountain, not like Mount Hood, but more like a Judean desert mountain. Like Moses went up Mount Sinai centuries before. But even then, this mountain that Jesus goes up to is, a di- is different. This isn't Mount Sinai. This mountain Jesus is on probably isn't as big and it's not trembling with earthquakes and boulders rolling down and lightning and smoke and fire. It's calm. The people don't approach it in fear like they did at Sinai. They, they approach Jesus with expectation as he sits there in, the, in their midst. Teaching them like lambs gathered around the shepherd. These sayings from Jesus, these beatitudes, as they're called, as I read in the in the gospel reading, are, are not just about being happy. Even in Jesus' time and in that part of the world, it, it was possible to be happy when things were good, you know, when when business was good, when money was coming in, when when sons and daughters got married. When babies were born into the family and mother and child were healthy, I mean, those are were, those were positive things in life that people could be happy about even in bad times. But happiness can be a fleeting thing too, right? It doesn't always last. Anyone knows who's been happy one minute then gets a phone call about a, a loved one who's been diagnosed with cancer or, or who has been called home to be with the Lord. Happiness can be ruined in an instant and by something we don't even know what's going on. A text, a Facebook post, a look, a word, a feeling. Blessedness moves beyond emotion to a state of being. So, being what? Well, being blessed with favor from above. And that's not something that changes every five minutes. If God changed His favor with us as much as our feelings in the moment, where would we be? Being in a state of blessedness is our identity in Christ. I mean, look at the people Jesus is talking to here at the mountain. The poor in spirit aren't necessarily going to be all that happy about the situation that they're in. But they are blessed in that they are loved by God and their destiny is the kingdom of heaven. Those who mourn could hardly be considered happy but they are blessed as children of God who have triumphed over death and can find comfort with that. The meek are usually the ones who get trampled on in life but they are blessed in that the Lord of the universe humbled himself taking the form of a servant and got trampled on so to speak to the point of death by crucifixion so that the meek could inherit the kingdom of God. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sound rather needy, and they are, but they know the righteous Lamb of God will satisfy them with the good things that He gives, His Holy Spirit, and all the gifts that go with Him and His love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those things. The merciful usually get taken for a ride and get taken advantage of rarely leading to happiness. You know, the reason I'm here and didn't spend another 10 years in the Air Force was because as a Christian, in the later half of my career, as I began to practice the fruits of the Spirit, mercy especially got me labeled as a softy. But what pagan colleagues and supervisors didn't understand was that mercy and compassion with those who need it make a huge difference for people. People began to not just work better but to be better people all around. Mercy releases a lot of bad stuff in people's lives. The pure of heart or the pure in heart are considered naive or too innocent ever to get far in life, but they know the one who has called them by name and who will fully know the Lord and see him with their own eyes. Peacemakers may be admired and applauded for a time, But strife and derision soon follow because they weren't tough enough on the offender and in the same manner as the merciful get labeled as softies. But the peacemakers know the one who has brought peace to a broken, confused and incredibly bad world as Cyprian put it. Peacemakers know the one who has brought them peace through the forgiveness of their sin and a conscience cleansed by water and the word and his very own body and blood. And it's not likely that those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, who are reviled and have all kinds of evil spoke against them and are falsely accused because of Christ, you know, like on social media, are ever really going to be happy about it. But they are blessed in that they follow a great line of prophets and saints who know their identity in the one who was killed for them on the cross. It's an upside-down world which idolizes the idea of happiness. A world that doesn't know what it needs and what it wants. But we have Jesus' words and blessing that moves you and I from moments of happiness to the state of being blessed in the one who calls us. Amen.